Hi everyone, you are listening to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40 with me, Nelly Thomas. This podcast is being recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. If you want to support the podcast and keep the lights on, please rate, review and subscribe to Dear Nelly Plus for bonus content every month. And for more information about all of that, see the show notes or go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. And look, one quick thing, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. So if you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shits. Off you go. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi everyone, today my co-host is the fabulous comedian, TV presenter and radio superstar Harley Breen. Now Harley and I have a really interesting discussion in today's episode about his religious upbringing and how that has affected his sense of sex and relationships, both positive and negative. Harley's been married twice and is co-parenting. He's got three kids, one with his ex-wife and two with his current partner. They're, I guess, like a big sort of Brady bunch and we get into the ups and downs of that. Look, Harley is a really, I mean, he's funny, you know, but he's a really thoughtful guy. So I've given him some of the harder listener calls and letters. As always, we end the podcast on the stupid shit that Harley's exes have done and what his dating deal breakers are. Look, Harley and I are old friends. Uh, We're really good friends. We love each other a great deal. And if I do say so, we have a great rapport. So I think you're going to love this episode. All right. Enjoy. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yes, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly, I'm eager to hear your point of view. Dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk it through. Welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. Hey-ho! Hey-ho! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This episode's going to be loose. I have... <laughs> oh, God, you've, you've spilt water. Drop my lighter. The chaos yeah. you can hear in the background. How can I describe Harley Brain? Well, first and foremost, comedian. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, TV personality. Oh, yes. Done uh, a bit. Big radio personality. Yeah. You're not an author yet. 
No, I'm not. Much to my sister's disgust. Yes, I bet. She, she's been pushing me since I was uh, – before I was a comedian yeah. to write a book. This is Lois. Lois, yes. who was who a trained English teacher yeah. and still my editor. Yeah. If I have to put anything out yes. into the public, it's got to go to her first. Off to Lois. Because, and then she comes back. She goes, do you just put commas in when you're bored? Yeah. Like, is, that, <laughs> is that how you <laughs> – Do you know, I still remember my first book that I wrote. I got the draft back from the editor with like – so many fucking post-it notes. I have a degree in literature, which wow, makes it even amazing. worse, right? Yeah. And she says, you've got a very eccentric punctuation style. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write words sometimes and my computer goes, no, nah, I've got nothing. Yeah, yeah I'm I, out. I have no idea what that you're trying no to write. That makes no sense. <laughs> you know what, though? You're good with words. Yeah. You're I, good with words. I probably see myself, uh, because of all those things you listed, yeah. um, as a writer. Yeah. Because... Even even if if it's not pen on paper, it's it's in yeah, my it's head. In your brain. So for radio, yeah. for television, for stage, it's all yeah. writing. And yeah. you've got a brain that works a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, it's flat out. Like there's a lot of words. Yeah, flying around. In there. <laughs> yeah, there's a story happening um, that people can hear, and there's four others happening oh, in the head at the same I'm aware. time, and they're fighting each other. Having been in a Tarago <laughs> with you for some time, for yeah. many years, yeah. there's times where I go. You actually remind me of my youngest daughter, where I'm Great. just sometimes have to go. Mum needs a rest now. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mum, this YouTuber. Hey, this. did you see this thing on TikTok? Can I just explain this episode of Stranger Things? You can, but Mum needs a lay yeah, down yeah. first. But see, I need that from myself. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I'll go, I'll go, all right, mate, it's time to go no nice. <laughs> Might need an auntie Val to lay down. Yeah, yeah. So you and I have known each other a long time. Yeah, we. T- I, my first... Proper tour um, yeah. was in 06 with you yeah. in Western Australia. Yes, yeah. indeed, for Roadshow. That's right. And then by way of background, which I think will be relevant to the, our discussions today, mm-hmm. you and I worked on a few sex ed shows for teenagers. Yes. So yeah. Condom Dialogues, No Means No Show, The Talk. One of my highlights of my career is our text exchanges. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because we're literally, I'm writing material for the show and I'm like, I need a word for balls. Mm. Hey, Harley, <laughs> just a text out of nowhere. What do you call balls? I remember you sent me you sent me an email once that says, hey, can you send me all the words you know for vagina? Yeah. And it was like there was smoke coming off the keyboard. And you've never been more excited in your life. <laughs> and the emails went for days. Now, let's start, as I always do in the podcast, with your... Fandango's my favourite podcast. <laughs> Mine is Breakfast of Champions. But, you know, Correct. That's a whole other story. Um, we always start with your relationship history. Oh, yes. So can we take us back to Harley the teenager? Were you dating? Did you have relationships? What? Where would you start? Well, I think it, it would be remiss of me to not include the fact that I grew up in uh, a very uh, conservative, strict Methodist household, yes. which like most religions, are obsessed with sex. Absolutely. They do not stop talking about you it. You doth my, protest too much. Yeah, my, my whole upbringing, it felt, uh, as soon as I was sort of out of that Sunday school age and into mm. youth group sort of age, that a- anything you went to, whether it was the the youth-focused church services or camps, it was just sex, 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 mm, but of mm. course, don't do it, don't do it. It's like, mm. can you stop talking, talking about, about it? it. Yeah. As we're all entering puberty yeah, and all being very excited by each other, yeah. they won't stop talking about how you shouldn't do it. So you've got this hormonal tsunami mm. and everyone's going, sex is bad, don't talk about yes. sex, sex is terrible, yeah. sex, 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 yeah. sex. Oh, I wonder if I'll give that a go. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So 
I had a lot of um, a, a very um, childlike relationships. Yeah. Um, it was just a lot of uh, – you'd date everybody in the church. It was yeah. very incestuous. <laughs> so was there hand-holding? Like was there any sort of physical contact? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, uh, I, I wasn't as bad as some people within church communities. Yeah. But it was like – so you can't have sex, so it was anything but. Yes. And then quite often people got themselves into uh, a quite – um, dangerous situations dangerous. Um, yeah. in terms of what they're doing with their bodies yeah. um, because certain places need a lot of preparation. Yeah. <laughs> and they're yes. like, oh, well, I can't have – penis and vagina is the only form of sex. Yeah, that's what sex is. Because yeah. it's Christianity. Yeah. Um, so I'll just do anything else. Yeah. No no talk of consent at all, by the way. No. There was never any discussion no. of that. Uh, consent was just marriage. And this is the big thing, you know, that you and I are in furious agreement about. If you don't talk to kids about sex – it's not that they they the lack of information makes them not have sex. It means they're having sex without information. That's right. And they are far more vulnerable physically, emotionally, even spiritually. Totally. Yeah, like, absolutely. They just don't know what's going on. And so I think my parents were doing their best within a um, a pretty uh, toxic environment on mm. that level. Mm. Um, and I think mum and dad have a great relationship. Uh, but I think they did us a disservice mm. on a lot of different levels, but mainly around the fact that sex only exists within marriage, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then, so I didn't, I, I probably would say that my first relationship then would be my first sexual relationship. Yeah, yeah. And what was, just to take you back a minute, what was your attitude toward, or what did you learn about masturbation? Also couldn't do it. Couldn't do so it. Don't but were sex. you doing it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, when I was 15, I think was the first time. It was a fairly late bloomer yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. for a boy. And um, remember it because I wrote comedy about it. Yes. So. <laughs> You've got stories. I'm asking like I don't know. Yeah. I know the stories. <laughs> and, the, and the joke I said at the time, which is not far from the actual truth, mm. um, w- was when when the orgasm happened, yeah. I, it was a complete shock to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, my, I didn't know yeah. that, that was going to be the result. And so called my mother. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> because I thought I broke my cock. Yeah. So <laughs> 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 Turns and, out you'd just opened up a whole field. Yeah, at night. But then I actually, so I, I called oh. mum and we had a very awkward conversation at the door of the bathroom. <laughs> And I think she was like, oh, please, just don't oh. talk to me about it. Yeah. Um, and quoted something from the Bible about not, oh. not being able, not, not allowed to do it. Anyway, yeah. then I hid underneath the piano oh. and called my best friend, yeah. um, who was a doctor's son yeah. uh, and a nurse's son. And um, I, I still think it's quite amazing that he took that call and was oh. really great. Good. It was really n- oh. no shame. Was mm. hey mate, you're fine. That's really normal. Mm. I'm happy for you as a 15 year old boy to be able mm. to provide that kind of um, support. I think but it's also incredible. well done to little Harley because there was part of you that knew you needed another point of view. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. like there, I, I can imagine a lot of kids in that situation, and we know there's kids in this situation because we talk to them at the shows that we did. Yes, who would then go, well, I have broken it. Yes, and I am going yeah. to hell. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to die or I'm going to totally. be injured or whatever. It actually reminds me of when I got my first period, I thought I was dying. 
Yeah, wow. Because no, no one had told me. It. Well, look, why would you think anything else? Blood's coming from your nethers. Blood's always bad. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm bleeding. What the fuck do I do? Out with of this? my fandango. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of my lunchbox. My lunchbox is leaking. And of course, we laugh about it, but there's so much damage that's done yeah. in that. There's so right. much shame. And then I think when you do start dating, you're in a really vulnerable position. In your situation, really. The advice I imagine or the prevailing attitude is if I do want to have sex, I have to get married. Yes. So you get married young. And heaps of people did. Yeah. Um, I got married young, you but did. I'd left the church and yeah. uh, lost my virginity, not to the to the woman that I first married. Um, and I, I don't think it was just religion that meant mm. we got married young, but so many of the people in my life got mm. married, you know, like 24 was old. Yes. Which is... You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm only um, 43 in four days. Yeah. Um, Whereas if one of your kids, you've got three kids, if one of them wanted to get married at 24, I yeah. assume you'd be saying maybe wait a bit. Yeah, I would go. Hey, um, what yeah. did you just think about it? Let me let me tell you a story. If you still love them in three years, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Well, just don't get married. Yeah, well, there's it's that. All right. there's that. <laughs> Start saving because I'm not paying for it. <laughs> so, do you mind telling us rough? What age were you sexually active? 22. 22. So, again, relatively late bloomer. Yes. But I think that's an interesting thing that we don't talk about enough too because there's this idea in the ether, particularly for parents of our age, they're all fucking. Yes. They're all doing yeah. They're not. No, they're not. They're not all doing it. A lot of them are and we can't, like, bury our heads in the sand. But there are plenty of kids who are not ready yeah, absolutely. at school or yeah. even uni or TAFE or yeah. work. And they are 22, 23, 24 before they have sexual contact, and that's also fine. Well, it's kind of it's – not, it's not a direct parallel, but I, I talk very openly about everything in our house. Yeah. Whenever a question is asked, it gets given an answer. Yes. Um, you, you have to choose age-appropriate ways to answer yeah. those things. But when it comes to drugs and alcohol, for mm. instance, um, my, I don't hide anything from my kids. Again, mm. there's age-appropriateness to mm. – what they need to know about that at this point. But my go-to is wait until you're 25. Mm. The law says that you can do some mm. things at 18. Mm. I think you should wait until you're 25 because that's when your brain um, mm. finishes mm. growing and, that, and that's – and I'd probably say the same about a sexual relationship. Mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give the timeline of 25, but yeah. I would say – it, you don't need to rush There's to There's no rush. You know, yeah. but always be – we're very open, honest house. Yeah. I feel really fortunate that I've got a partner like I have, mm. uh, the mother of my second two children, mm. um, and how open and honest we are around the kids and mm. that we talk and that mm. they see affection and they see naked bodies. Mm. And um, So I hope that, that without that shame like that I grew mm. up with, that mm. they will have a better chance. Um, oh, they will. Fuller, a healthier relationship. The, the research is very clear that they will. Yeah, you know, and you can and without you know, not in any way trying to shit on your parents, but you've broken a generational problem there. Yes, yeah. you know, and well done. Thanks. Like you that's were a big really help. good. Oh well, stop it. <laughs> so if we go back, the first time you have sex, you've come out of this really religious environment. There's a lot of guilt and shame. Mm. You lose your virginity. Did you feel guilty? How'd you feel? Absolutely. Right. Well, then, then I immediately felt like I was going to have to marry that person, and yeah. I already, I already re, uh, had identified that I needed to not be with that person. Right. But, but we had. Well, I mean, I suppose I didn't identify that before I had sex, but um, it, it was a fairly, <laughs> it was a rough relationship. Yeah. Um. And, so there was a lot of guilt, but at the same time, there was a moving away from my belief system anyway. Mm. 
and it was, you know, you have sex and it was like the third eye was opened up. And yeah. I was like, hold on, I think everything was bullshit. <laughs> you know when they said this was dirty and horrible, it was really good. It felt really good. Oh, my Lord. Um, maybe the God was made up. Yeah. Um, and, and so all of those things were happening at the same time. Um, God, that's a lot. I'd left the church, which yeah. was for the first 20 to 22 years of my life was my entire yeah. life. That yeah, was yeah. my community. And so I left yeah. that. I left my faith. I lost my virginity. Yeah. And then I left home. And yeah. um, like as in I moved from Queensland to Melbourne. Yeah. All within that 12-month period. The main reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I think the, the prevailing idea in the ether about ageing is, you know, oh, turning 40 is a disaster. I'm like, I've never been happier in my life. Mm. To go back to the 20s, like my story is different to yours, but a similar amount of confusion. Yeah. I wouldn't do that for anything. No. Like I'm so much happier in myself now. I understand myself more. That... What you're describing to me just feels like anxiety and chaos. Twenties were absolute chaos. Yeah, absolutely a, a roller coaster yeah. of, of disaster after disaster. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of fun. I yeah, had, sure, had sure. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I fell. For me, it was about thirty-five where yeah. I started to come into my own yes, self and my same. own body and go, oh, yeah, fuck, oh. I've got feelings. I didn't need to worry about all that <laughs> shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you have that relationship. You Now we flash forward, you get married at 24. Yes. How does that happen? So uh, that relationship um, lasted for around a year. And yeah. in a way I left Brisbane to get away from it. Yeah, right. I, 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 you didn't know how to extricate yourself. No, and I yeah. I had. Like I'd broken yeah. it up, but there was it just uh, it wouldn't stop. Yeah. And, and um, oh, it was fairly easily coerced into yeah. things. And, yeah. and but I I had a friend at the time was like, listen, I'm going overseas and I'm gonna to go to Melbourne first. Why don't mm. you come with me mm. to Melbourne? And so I packed two bags and mm. left Brisbane and that was twenty one years yeah. ago. You found just, your people. Yeah, never never went home. Yeah. Um and then within a week of being here I met Therese. Yeah. Uh, and within a month we were together and yeah. within Maybe three months we were engaged, wow. and then married within the year. Wow! Like, and uh, it was it, it was a lot of um, uh, emotion uh, between the two of us. A very mm. um, passionate, explosive kind mm. of relationship. Volatile, volatile. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And how long were you married for? About nine years, but yeah. in that nine-year period, it was break up, get back together, break yeah. up, get back together, break up. All of yeah. that. Yeah, have a kid. Yeah, and then the last time got together. Had a kid, yeah, um, and then uh, my eldest was two, and I just went, "Oh, this, mm. this is not getting any mm. better." And I think it's but better I for do, all of us. Absolutely, but I also remember at that time, like you were very conflicted about getting divorced. Absolutely, like yes. it's and what do you attribute that to your upbringing or your personality or the fact that you had a kid or all the things? Nothing to do with my upbringing. By that stage, I I have completely got rid of the shackles mm. of of that religion and mm. that um, uh, that shame mm. that I sort of grew up with. And I feel really, um, <laughs> to use a funny word, blessed mm. that I've been mm. able to shake that shit off. Yes, um, for sure. Hell is a construct that was yep. created to um, control humans. Mm. I, I'm fully aware of that. I don't. You've feel done some thinking. Done a lot of thinking, a yep. lot of exploring, a lot of talking, and so. On that level, the divorce had nothing to do with that. So what was the reluctance? Because you knew it was done. Yes, absolutely. So what was the reluctance? Uh, a sense of responsibility yeah. um, and, and commitment and, yeah. and being loyal to yeah. what you've said. Because you'd you, said you'd stay. Yes, 
And, and, and you've got a kid. And the kid is the main thing. Yeah. And I would say this now. I, I think my decision was correct. Yeah. Um, but for anyone who's thinking about a divorce mm. with children, make sure it's the only option. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's the fucking... I think I said this to you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. It's the hardest thing that, that you'll, you'll do. do. It doesn't mean that it's not correct. Right, But yep. it's so difficult, especially yep. when a kid's involved. And, and some dads will just fuck off. Yes. I'm not that. You didn't want to... No, I, you're not that sort of man. You're not that sort of person. I think it's also interesting, though, to reflect looking now, we're, what, 14 years or whatever we are down yeah. the track. If you two had stayed together, I think your child would have learned all the wrong things about relationships. Correct. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, so if we look at it in terms of um, health and well-being yep. for everyone involved, including the kid, yep. actually it was a good decision. Yeah, because since he's five, he's been uh, around Hannah and I. Yeah. And he's seen a loving, a, a, relationship. A loving healthy relationship. Yeah. So you married Jens. Is it fair to say you then sow some wild oats? I did sow. <laughs> I, I, I went oats. So. <laughs> and how did you go about I that farming? <laughs> Um, I Your didn't. seed was scattered. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love it, actually. <laughs> no, um, you know what? This is funny, actually. I reckon people who know your stand-up and the way that you present is like you'd be a real fuck boy. But you're actually such a sweet man. Oh, and you're, you really are, though. Like, I think there's a real... Because of how you look and because of your voice and your accent and yeah. you've got a big personality, yeah. you just think, oh, he'd fuck anything that moves. Yeah. That is not you at all. No. No, it, it was... So I only had two sexual partners w- when my marriage broke down yeah. um, or ended. Breakdown's a weird thing to say. Um, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, I, I, I wanted to have um, adult connections yeah. but no relationship. Yes. and oh, that's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. And I, I now know in hindsight, I, I tried to be as honest as I mm. could with the different people that I was hooking up with. But uh, uh, I think there's a there's a connection that you have when you when you um, connect sexually mm. um, that I I, th- I don't think it's impossible mm. to just have casual sex, but I but I think um, it's fraught with danger. And- I think the the thing that I noticed when I went back into the dating pool because I was the same. I guess the best description was I wanted like a friends with benefits. Yes, I didn't want to jump yeah. into another marriage or a, or a full on relationship. I didn't want it to be a one night stand either. Yeah. The thing that I found though is that no one knows themselves. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like yeah. even people who go, Yeah, yeah, that's what I want too, two dates in, yeah. they're like, Oh no, I didn't really want that. And you're like, Oh well now we're fucked. Yes. <laughs> well, know? I literally said um within the last few days to Hannah, if she died, I would probably just go to a prostitute. Right. Like I would I think sex worker. Sex worker, sorry. Yes, um correct. I, I would <laughs> what a weird thing to your wife? <laughs> How the fuck did that come up? I was like, if you die, oh, I'm going to fuck a hooker. How's, how's, your pillow, how's your pillow talk? <laughs> when you die, I'll just it, go to a brothel. It wasn't, it wasn't out of the blue. I've just said you're the loveliest man on earth. Oh, my God. It wasn't out of the blue. It was in the context of, of that, exactly what we're talking about, yeah. that sort of connection with people. And a sex worker is a professional, yeah. Um, that I actually have a lot of respect for, and yeah. I think there's a there's a uh, they meet a need in society. Mm. And I'm in my soon to be mid forties. What am I going to? What am yeah. I gonna go out into the dating world again? I think yeah. we were actually talking about me coming on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well just pay someone to get yeah. the job done. It's interesting because I think what I hear when you say that is that 
relationships of any kind are work. Absolutely. And they're complicated and people are complicated. And you're saying where you are now mentally, if you were ever single again, you wouldn't want to do that again. No, I don't think I would because yeah. I, I have a lot of relationships that I care for and that yeah. I work on. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's all hypothetical, right? Of mm. course, I don't yeah. want Hannah to die. But <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and I'm not announcing anything here on the podcast. You're going to be in the Daily Mail. <laughs> Harley Breen wants wife to die. Email um, Harley. Do not contact me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I... I'm You're speaking to an issue that I think is very relevant to a lot of listeners. I hear this a lot. I've been through this myself. When you come out of a long-term relationship and you're not ready to start again, it's really hard. On one level, you go, I can rip up the script. Yes. Right? I don't have to do the same thing again. But on the other level, there is a prevailing narrative in society. This is what you do. Yes. When you start dating someone, then you become exclusive, then you move in together, then you get married, then you da-da-da-da-da. And if you don't want that... It's actually quite difficult to find another person who wants what you want. And I've been uh, um, following this uh, Instagram account that I really quite like called Bad Dates of Melbourne. Oh, I love it. Love it, right? And I love it. Love it. And so I'm reading it and and it it makes sense, I think, that most of the stories are written by female um, contributors about male interactions. Yeah. And so... You know, you read it and go, oh, oh fuck. Yeah. And then I'm identifying some of the things that I may have done when I was out yeah, yeah. doing my oat sowing. And I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to be a part of that in any way mm. anymore. And I also think it's very hard to establish um, a, a truth with someone mm. if you say, hey, all I want to do is, is, is have a physical connection with yeah. you and let's enjoy that, but then nothing more than that. And they yeah. go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It, you will connect. Somebody yeah. will go, oh, actually, I have a feeling. And then you, you're hurting a friendship. Or, or the possibility is always there. Yes. You know, yeah. it, that's the truth. The possibility is yeah. always there. That's, that's very interesting. There's so much heteropessimism, yeah. right? The <laughs> yeah. amount of And I'll play you some calls. We're coming up to those soon. The amount of women who um, call into this podcast and my previous podcast and they're just like, I can't find – where's the straight guys? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't find one that's decent. Yeah. And I think someone like you who I think is decent is then like, I'm not dating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be part of the problem. I don't I'm want out. to be part of that. So we flash forward, you remarried. No, well, we're well, not. Well, in a we're, conceptual yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, we're not married. Not yeah. legally married, but we, you're married. We're engaged, I proposed. Yeah. Um, it was a really fun story. Uh, and then we just didn't stop having children. Yes. Um, <laughs> How long have you been together now? Uh, be about eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's married. Yes. You've got kids. You've been together eight years. Yeah. And... Do you mind if I ask how that's going? Oh, I I think we're doing really well. Yeah. Um, we started couple counselling. Yeah. Uh, we've done about, oh, I don't know, eight, eight sessions. How are you finding that? I've got some firm views. <laughs> I, ju- I, I just said to Hannah, I think we need to move on from yeah. um, from the counsellor. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, but the, it's also, it's sort of, I just feel like we're going in and saying the same thing. Same and thing. Uh, and then she's sort of telling Did us you? what she thinks. I'm like, okay. Okay. Did you do that thing that I reckon so many people do? None of us admit to it, but I'm going to admit to it. Where you go into couples counselling and you think, oh, they'll see. Yes. They'll oh, see. Absolutely. And they'll go, Nelly, you're, you were all right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've already done jokes about it. I was on radio. I was just like, at the end of the session, I'm like, so who wins? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Which one was right? Yeah. Who Come was on. wrong? Give Come it to on. me. Yeah. Let's get a I point know system. you know. I know you bloody know. Yeah. Who's the problem? Yeah. But I, I think what it's done is it's allowed – 
me to speak calmly yeah. about things that have annoyed me yeah. um, so that Hannah can hear me say that to another person. Because mm. um, the, the counsellor just the other day said, um, oh, you're very good with words and, and mm. very calm when you're speaking. I went, yeah, well, I'm in a... Yeah. Psychologist. Yeah, that's room. right. I'm on my you best behaviour. Exactly. I yeah. just lose my mind and yeah. it gets off track. So I yeah. think that's been really good. It focuses you. Totally. And it keeps you on yeah. track. And so, I think yeah. that I reckon if there is something positive to be gained from couples counselling, it's that. Having the having a witness yes. does actually make everyone behave better. I think that's probably the, the best that we've got out of it. Yeah. Um I think where our relationship struggles and one of the reasons that we're there is we have a, there's a communication block mm. between the two of us. Oh, uh, fuck. I'm so sick of communication blocks. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that – it's like that's all you hear from from couples who are in trouble. And truth, truthfully, most couples you talk to are in trouble yeah, at some point. Yeah. It's like while well, we have this trouble with communication, it's like why can't we communicate? Yeah, totally. And Because Hannah's a, an exceptional communicator. Yeah, yeah. But then on certain levels of stuff I need communicated, I, I, I'm like you don't yeah. talk to me. Yeah. And so yeah. It, I think that's been really good to be in that space with that neutral person yeah. and then we're talking better now. I mean, yeah. just the other day she did something that was really trivial mm. and the counsellor had told me, he said, we'll bring it up in the moment. And yeah. I'm like, well, I don't... You can't always, though. So I did. I went, yeah. just so you know, yeah. this is why that frustrated me. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. And I, I was able to do that because... She was in the room when someone told me to do it. Yes. So I was like, well, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because here it is. There's yeah. no malice. I'm just letting you know this is how I'm feeling about this. And it was good. And we yeah. sort of moved on from it and it didn't become a thing. That's that good. normally would fester in my head. Oh, yeah. And I'd play a hundred scenarios yes. around in my head and have an argument And I'm going to say this. Yeah. And yeah. like she hasn't even been a part of yeah. the conversation. <laughs> oh, totally. And I had a full blast at totally. her in my head. And yeah. I tell you what, you can do that in dating as well, right? Absolutely. When you're yeah. not seeing the person and you're waiting three days for a message, well, this has happened. Yes. And you she create did all this. these scenarios. And, he did yes. it. and you're like, they don't even know you're thinking about it. Yeah. Right. And totally. you can do the same thing in marriages. So, my thing with couples counseling, I think all of that's very true and can be very helpful. The thing that bothers me about it is that they have usually an unspoken and maybe even unconscious bias toward the couple staying together. Oh, and yes. that is not always the best thing. No. You know, if you're talking about health and well being, sometimes I wish they'd just go, look, you two, it's done. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we can't talk this through anymore. You can be mates or you can co-parent or you can whatever. Yeah. And I just think there is a, which is ironic given it is a, a field of science, there is actually a Judeo-Christian overlay of well, yeah. the prevailing narrative is man, woman, stay together. I'd agree with that. That's what bothers me. The only other couples counselling I've done was um, at the end of my first marriage, we actually went to a separation counsellor mm. and mm. to talk it through. Yeah, and was that uh, helpful? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can see the from value the very, in that. The very definitely. first appointment, yeah. she established, do you want to try and fix this relationship? Yes, great. And I, and I said, absolutely not. Yeah, we're done. I, I want us to figure out a way to, to co-parent. To co-parent. Yes, yeah. and I can absolutely see the value in that. And particularly in that first couple of years at least after a divorce, it doesn't yes. matter how great you are, there's it's there's heat. Oh, absolutely. There's heat in the yes, kitchen. totally. So having another person there to kind of go, let's calm it down and think about the kids, mm. that's actually a really valuable the, thing. The best thing that person, I don't think we've done great at this, but the best thing that person said to us was you've got to see your child as a business. 
This oh, is a interesting. Tell me. And Tell me more. And you're running this business together. Yeah. And that means you have to have a dialogue together to make decisions on how this business is going to go. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did look at my child and go, that's the shittest business I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, you cost it is a not lot. in profit. You are not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I just paid the school fees for my oldest kid. <gasps> Public school. Yeah. Free education. Yeah. 1100 I think. Nah. By the time it did all the things? It says voluntary contribution. Oh, mate, don't so even I'm get like, me started. voluntary uh, not, not contributing. <laughs> now, tell me, how's the co-parenting going? Because that's another thing we get a lot of questions on. Um, You're a blended family. You're a little Brady family. bunch. Um, I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've talked enough yeah. uh, uh, together about how to raise Leonard, um, but I also think... We're very lucky to have an exceptional kid. Yeah. That's one of the most unique people I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. And um, I... Little cool human. He's pretty cool. And yeah. I have a very um, open relationship with that mm. kid. And I know that he has uh, a good relationship with his mother. Mm. And uh, we don't have any... We don't have a... Um, I've got friends who co-parent and they've got like a contract and oh wow what yeah. will, and what I will do and what yeah. you, we don't have any of that and, and you've got a handshake agreement we've got a bit of a handshake and it's mm. very fluid um yeah. I'm I'm the main problem in in the fluidity because of I'm a touring comic mm. so when I'm home I'm home yeah I'm, I'm there I'm a yeah. really 24/7 and yeah. when I go I I'm off yeah um yeah. so the pandemic was Really great two years for Leonard and I. Yeah. A um, lot of hard times. Yeah. A lot of explosions during remote learning. Yeah. And then I went, this is to the detriment of my relationship with my child. Mm. School can fuck right off. Mm. Um, and things got a lot better. And then, you know, time uh, keeps going and he starts to mature. And, yeah, I think it's good. I, I think in about two years, three years' time, it's going to be like nothing ever happened because his independence mm. will will increase. He'll be Yeah, because he's nearly a teenager. Yeah. And I think, you know, it reminds me of, I heard this um, phrase that I really hold on to, the idea that you can be friendly and not friends. Yes. You know, yeah. you don't have to. It's not always something that you can achieve with an ex. In an ideal world, you'd be great friends. Yeah. And I've seen that modelled yeah. and I'm lucky enough really to have that with my ex. But you don't have to have that no. to be good parents. You can be civil, you can be friendly, and I'm, by friendly I mean you're being polite and yes, you're being totally. as open as yes. you can be yeah. without going, you're one of my best friends and I'll love you forever and I'm going to ring you yeah, if yeah, something yeah. happens. Yeah. You know, you seem to have been able to achieve that, even though it's been hard. Well, just the other um, at the end of last year, uh, at primary school graduation, yeah. Leonard was the entertainment. Yeah, he of was, course. He was playing an hour of <laughs> improvised guitar. Oh, an hour? Oh, my god! He didn't end up doing that and it wasn't improvised. I'd be just, stabbing my just, own eye with a fork. <laughs> he was playing sick guitar riffs. Yeah. Um, He's like playing Neil Young and um, Guns N' Roses. But all the other parents are going, when's my kid on? (laughs) It was only him. (laughs) And and a mate that he dragged in to be the drummer. She had to learn the drums. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And he turns up in a denim jacket and a bright pink dress and he just looked rock and roll. Like I was like, you're so cool. And then... David Bowie just walked in. Yeah, and he looks like Bowie. Yeah. And then... um, my ex-wife and her new partner uh. turned up. My ex-in-laws, um, Leonard's grandma and granddad were there. And then um, Hannah, my two small children, yeah. and we all sat on the same picnic rug. Love it. And I'm like, well, this is actually pretty incredible. It absolutely To be able is. to be all here together and celebrate that kid that's yeah. just gone through primary school. And, yeah. and, and, and he will remember together. that. Yeah. 
And, I mean, you're one of the few people I think who will appreciate this without thinking it's completely weird. We've just had my first Christmas with my new partner, right? right? So Lauren and I had Christmas together, her daughter, my two kids, my ex-husband, her ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend. Amazing. Not what? new girlfriend. She's been around for a long time. But all of us together wow. had Christmas at my place. And I was like, we had the best day. I bet you did. Lovely Lauren was lovely. Locke was great. Brendan and Cecily were great. The kids had a great time. We played in the pool. We did presents. There wasn't – it actually wasn't weird. Yeah, but great. you tell other people that and they're like, how does that work? You're like, because we all just want that to be good for the kids. Totally, because it's all about them. You know, they had a if beautiful it, if Christmas. If they didn't exist, you wouldn't have done that Christmas. Absolutely it's insane. not. insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would have done it for the material. But yes, yeah, yeah. you know, like it, it's better for everyone. Not everyone can achieve that. Like totally. if you've got – disastrous exes, if you've got a lot of acrimony, if you've had abuse, all that kind of like, – there are all those caveats in place. Of course. But yeah. if you can do that picnic yeah. for Leonard's graduation, do it. Absolutely. And I think we've been given the wrong narrative so much around relationships. Oh, haven't we? Is that the thing that is a success is a monogamous relationship yeah. that stays together forever, forever. And anything that isn't that is a disaster yeah. and a yeah. failure. Yeah. Uh, it's why I don't like, you know, a, a broken home, a breakdown. Yeah, down, I hate Anything that shit. negative. Yes. Um, and but we're starting to see, or maybe I'm more tuned into it. But you're seeing yeah. narratives around blended families in yes. Hollywood movies and TV shows yep. now, and you're like, "Oh, that's great! It's starting yeah. to normalise it that's because right. it's the most common." Well, but it's also can be healthier. Yes. You can be broken and together. Yeah. Like yeah. how many times do we see that? I've said this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again. It's like I hear someone go, "Wow, isn't it amazing? They've been married for fifty years." And I go, "No, nah. no. I want to know if it's a good relationship. Yes. If it's been a good relationship for fifty years, bravo." Yeah, Tell yeah, me more. Yeah. But we all know people who've been together 50 years who fucking hate each other yeah. and have ground each other into the totally, ground. Yeah. You know, that's not healthy. Shout out to mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> they no just, shame. They just had their 49th <laughs> wedding anniversary. Did they yeah, really? Just a week ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. incredible. Which I'm I'm in awe of. I think they're – because I, I, I truly think their relationship is great. Whatever. I think they did us a slight disservice because they made it look to me and my three siblings like that's normal. Yeah, like what right. they have is normal, and and maybe and even isn't. easy. Yeah, and it's easy, yeah. and it's fine. And they yeah. had this; they had a very clear. They treated it like a business. Mm. They had a very clear plan together as a relationship, and how they were going to raise their kids. And they they had a, a handbook that was the Bible that wow. they got to yeah, yeah. you know to yeah. go to, and, that, and that's how they did things. And um, I'm not saying it was easy for them. No, but they made it look like oh, you'll all just go off and have and easy relationships. That. Are they loving toward each other? Yeah. 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 See absolutely. that that is special. Yes. Because I think there's lots of parents of our, you know, our parents' generation where you go, oh, yeah, you know, they're nice enough to each other and they potter around and they get along and da da da. But to see them be loving, yeah, yeah, I think that's special. I've definitely grown up my entire life and still now in my forties seeing my mum and dad. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices. Down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'd cuddle each other and kiss yeah. each other and... Yeah. and uh, it's, Mostly speak fondly of each other. Yeah. What yeah. a thing to live up to, you poor bastard. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> assholes. Should we take some listener calls? Yeah. 
is a bad date story for you. Um, so very brief snapshot. This was the very first date I went on after breaking up from a long-term relationship. Um, didn't meet this person through online dating. Wasn't comfortable to do that just at the time. Um, so it really went from bad to worse and arranging to go for drinks and dinner probably wasn't the best idea in hindsight, but hey, it's a story. Uh, so we arranged to meet, um, met at the train station, which was close to the venue that I had picked. Um, and uh, I had changed clothes at work, um, wanted to look nice and yeah, all the rest. Uh, so we met at the train station. I get there first. He sends me a message saying he's on his way. And when he rocks up, he's in tracksuit pants, a hoodie, and wearing a bum bag. I was like, okay, interesting. Let's see how this goes. Um, <laughs> makes me sound a bit shallow, but anyway. Uh, the conversation just went from bad to worse, and it kept going downhill. <laughs> Um, needless to say, there wasn't a second date. He wanted one. Oh, <laughs> okay. I think we got cut off at the end there, but yeah. oh my! So first date, long term relationship. Yeah, she's going. I've got to get back in the game. Yeah. We're not sure how they met, right? She's thinking, I might zhuzh myself up a little yeah. bit. Put some whatever that in. mean. I might yeah. put it. I might yeah. put on a. I might put on a frock. I might put on some lippy. Yeah, I meet you at the train station. <laughs> And he rocks in with his bum bag and his tracky ducks. Is it superficial to go, no fucking way? Well, first of all, um, it's hard to know this woman's age, but she doesn't, she's, she sounds maybe around our age. I know from our email exchanges that she's 40 something. Right. But that sounds like a teenage date. Correct. <laughs> like hardcore. Meet at the train station. <laughs> Wearing a bum bag? What the fuck's going on? And I bet it wasn't one of those, like, you know, those Tommy Hilfiger bum no. bags that's, like, across the chest. Yeah. And da, da, da. He's got his pack of rollies yeah. and he's... <laughs> I've, I've got a bum bag and that's yeah, what I do with that. that's exactly um, right. Because I'm a dad. But you've let yourself go. <laughs> I've let myself go, mate. Where am I put my keys? You don't have to woo anybody. <laughs> I can love a bum bag. you got everything you need right there. <laughs> now, here's the thing. She's told us what he's wearing, but we don't have a great description of how that came together. Like you say, yeah. that could look pretty good. It could. You know, That's I've, I've seen an image of Beyonce in tracksuit pants and sure. bum bag, but yeah. I bet you this guy didn't look like Beyonce. No. no. I would say that it shouldn't matter too much. Yeah. However, I like to um, present myself well, mostly when I go out. Yes. You know, I'm rarely on stage without a button-up shirt on. Yeah. Uh, I think in general, if you're going to go out, even mm. if you're just going out for a drink with a mate, mm. you take the trackies off, <laughs> put on some pants. <laughs> Unless you're a rapper. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you're Paris yeah. Hilton and you're in a velour tracksuit. Or you need to rob something on the yeah. <laughs> Which may be the case. <laughs> there might be a fence you need to get over. Do you know what? I reckon, and I'd love your perspective on this, because I think for a lot of women listening... They'll be like, on the one hand, you're torn because you're like, it is superficial. Who gives mm. a fuck what someone wears? Like, yeah. you wouldn't date someone, like, reject someone based on, I don't know, their haircut no. or something. On the other hand, you go, if he's putting in that little effort. That's correct. On our first date. Yeah. Where are we going to be in a year? Totally. Or 10 years? And yeah. what else is he not putting effort into? Yeah, I would just turn around and get on the next train. Yeah, I think we're yeah. done. Yeah, I... 
I don't think that that you're allowed to have. There's some situations in which I think you're allowed to have a bit of superficiality. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. allowed to be exclusionary with who you live with. You're allowed, certainly allowed to be exclusionary with who you fuck. Yes. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> if he rocks up and you go, you're not for me. Yeah. I think that's okay. I think, and, and trust your intuition too. Yes. When you see people, I, like, I, I feel like our job as comedian, uh, whether we were good at it beforehand, trains us to yeah. be really good at reading people. Correct. You see a person yeah. and you can do snap judgments. Yes. And they say don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Well, sometimes you should. Well, and in this case, I don't think it's so much about the cover. It is about the effort. Yes. It is yes. what does it say in your mentality that you were getting ready for a date with me and you didn't think about what to wear. Yeah, totally. That's what would bother me about it. It's not the actual outfit. But maybe he saw her and the effort she'd put in and yeah. he felt uh, overwhelmed by that. He was like, oh, man, I just thought this was a casual but you hookup. Got, but they know it's a date. Yeah. Even if it's a hookup, put a fucking shirt on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Have a shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bar's too low. Yeah, you can't be – Yeah, you look, tracksuit pants are not for dates. There's too many tracksuit <laughs> pants. And for that matter too, I'll do a pile on. Fucking women in tights out in uh, public, not on their way to or from an exercise situation. Leggings or underwear. What are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm like, judging. We went to the zoo the other yep. day. Um, yesterday, actually, we yep. all went to the zoo as a family. I tell you what, the animals that I liked looking at were the fucking bogans. I like they all go to the zoo. They're hectic, and you know me. I'm not going to judge a bogan. I'm one step removed. You just did. I no, I love them. But the amount of fucking tights oh, that will go on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is... again, I'm like, look, if you're doing school drop off, wear what you want. Oh, I yeah, couldn't sure. give a shit yeah, if yeah, you absolutely. come in your dressing gown. Yeah. But if you're going on a date, yeah. And especially, I can imagine the disappointment for this poor woman. She's been in a long-term relationship, mm. I think maybe 25 years right. long. Like long-term, all right. That's I've rough. summoned the courage. <laughs> oh, my God, this is so exciting. And there's a bloke in front of you in a fucking bum bag and some tracky dacks. <laughs> <laughs> like, sweetheart. You know, the other thing I think it's really important to point out, you know, a la No Means No Show, you're allowed to leave. Yeah, you can just go. You're allowed to leave at any point. Yeah. You do not have to stay and be quote-unquote polite. Yeah. I mean, don't just run off, but no. tell him I'm leaving. Yeah. You know, I don't think this is going to work out and you're allowed to go. I had a date once um, in my sort of – I was still married, but we were at one of those breakup yeah, yeah. points. And um, this girl had come to a show and then she messaged me. She went, do you want to go get a drink? Oh, great idea. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get a drink. That sounds fun. And um, went out for this drink. And you within, wouldn't do that again? No. Within a minute – of of me being there, she was shushing me. Oh, she was like, "Stop it, Shh. calm no. down." And I'm yeah. like, "What?" Because you know, I'm like, I'm "Yeah, woo!" Yeah. And then I just I went to the bar and got another drink. I came back and I just went, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna go." Good on you. Because good on you. Like, how's this relationship yeah, gonna be? You're, that's right. You're already wrapping me up <laughs> on the first day. And again, so many women. And some men, but so many women have been socialised to be polite in that situation. Yes. And to endure the fucking thing for the next three hours. Yes, correct. We're old enough. We're too yeah, old yeah, for that yeah. shit. Totally. Right? You just, you don't have to be an asshole about it. You no. just go, look, this isn't for me. Yeah. Like, thank you for coming. Totally. Put your 50 bucks on the table for dinner or whatever it is and leave. And the only explanation that that other person needs is, oh, it's just not for me. It's not That's for it. me. That's right. The end of it. Yeah, you don't have to give any more um, explanation than yeah. that. Yeah. But if you want to go into it, you're wearing tracksuit pants and a bum bag, you <laughs> fuckhead. 
<laughs> call Harley. He'll give you some feedback. Now, our next call, I'm going to give a little bit of a trigger warning mm-hmm. um, because it does involve some discussions of abuse okay. um, and sexual assault. And one of the reasons I've included this call in this particular episode is because I know you can handle that and you and I have had many discussions about these issues. So as I said, just a little warning, if those things are going to upset you, I would say fast forward about five minutes. Cool. I'm calling just to give another, I suppose, story or perspective. I've been single for 17 years. Um, In my early 30s, um, my ex left me for someone, for another woman, and he'd had several affairs within our 11-year relationship. So I was with him when I was quite young. We had two children together, and when he left, I had nothing. I wasn't working. I had a five-year-old and I had, oh, sorry, a seven-year-old and a just-going-on-two-year-old when he left. And, um, yeah, I went into survival mode. From that point, um, 17 years later, I'm still in survival mode. I also recognise and didn't realise at the time just what such an abusive relationship I had been in and how conditioned I have been whilst he was the father of Matt as well. So moving on, my children now are grown adults and um, one has moved out of home and the other one's looking to move out of home and I'm going to be an empty nester. I haven't dated in that 17 years really. I've dabbled a little bit but my problem is I'm terrified I'm not terrified of dating I'm terrified of men I'm scared I've been abused I've been raped I've been been poorly treated I have been manipulated um and I want to love a man and I want a man to love me but I'm just so scared I don't I don't know if other women feel this way um I'd really love to know if there's other women out there who feel similar and how they've gotten over this. I have had counselling, absolutely, um, lots, of, lots of therapy and so have my children. Um, but, yeah, I do feel a bit alone, particularly when I listen to, you know, previous your previous podcast and other women and just wonder, wow, how do they do it? Would love a little bit of insight, ladies, um, see what you've got to offer. Yeah. And I just love the podcast and I um, really am enjoying listening to like-minded women. This just absolutely rocks. Thanks, ladies. Bye. Ooh. Yeah. Harley Brain, what do you think about that? Well, I've, I feel a genuine um, sadness for yeah, that caller. I do too. Um, I heard it in her voice when mm. she said, I just want to love a man. Oh, I know. And I want a man to love me. Yeah. But then that's also yeah. in conjunction with her being honest and saying, I'm scared of them. Yeah. Which is, uh, what a horrible situation to be in. Awful. Uh, and, I, I'm, and I'm trying to think of, well, what advice do you give mm. on how to meet a good man? Because I'm, you know, I, you know, my struggle with, even when we were doing the No Means No mm. show, was my fear of some of those teenage boys that we had to perform in front of mm. were utter repugnant little shits. Mm. Um, it's because they probably didn't have good men in their life. Mm. And then, I, you know, I was looking down the barrel of my first child mm. becoming a man as well and I feel a great weight. Mm. Uh, um, They've learned a form of masculinity. I mean, it's over, it's thrown around too much, but it's true. They've learned toxic masculinity. Absolutely. And yes. what we were trying to do was unlearn it. Yes. Help them unlearn it. Totally. 
But the truth is this woman, I'm guessing, is roughly our age again. There's a lot of men our age who haven't unlearned it. No. Look, I I grew up with a very um, present and and quite gentle father Mm. and I have um, regular instances of toxic masculinity. I can't Mm. regulate my emotion. Mm. Uh, I get really angry. Um, What I try and do, and I think probably a main result of of both my parents and, and how they brought me up, is I unpack that with my children. Mm. I make sure that they know that that was my yes, your um, issue. my issue mm. because I couldn't regulate my emotions. Mm. That their behaviour was still wrong, mm. um, but that they don't wear that. Mm. And that I, I'm raising two boys and a girl at the moment. You know, gender's fluid, but mm. um, I, I find more pressure in the raising of my boys yeah. than of my daughter because you and don't want to raise boys. The girls are scared of. I don't want to raise a man that yeah. that woman is scared to be around. Yeah. And then I suppose the only other thing I'm thinking, this is this has been a relatively new thing for me and there's been a few different um, messaging on this that has come through into, uh, into the mind's eye. Um, one of them, and I can't remember his name, but he was um, Ash Barty's mindfulness coach. Oh, yes, I've heard Fucking him speak. so yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. But this is around the, the loving of yourself. Mm. And how I've previously heard that term, you know, you've got to love yourself. Yeah. It's a very selfish, narcissistic uh, mm. attitude. Um, it, it's a systematic of a, of a selfish society, mm. of capitalism saying you mm. can have it all, you go get mm. it. This guy said it in a way that it got through for the first time. It, mm. Like if I love Henna and I truly love Henna, mm. um, why, why wouldn't I love me? Yes. Like I want her to be around me. Yes. Well, then why don't Correct. I love me? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Because and, I, I have so much self-loathing for myself. Mm. My head's constantly telling me I'm shit mm. and, you know, good at this. And then I look in the mirror and I'm ugly and mm. that's no good. And so for about around 12 months, I've been trying to say only positive things about myself when, mm. when the negative things come into my head. And then I was avoiding mirrors. Yeah. I was doing that thing. Yeah. Where I, I stand in the mirror uh, before or after the shower or, or when I've got ready and look at myself and mm. don't find anything bad about what I'm looking at. This Just is so, enjoy it. I'm processing this at the same time because, you know, I know you well enough to be able to say this without it being creepy. You're hot. Okay. You know, like you're a good-looking guy. You've always had a lot of attention from women. You're on stage, you know, like you're, the, you're, you're an alpha without being an asshole. But this is a real reflection of it's what's going on inside. Absolutely. Like the mirror yeah. lies. The mirror absolutely lies. I'm going to give you one bit of advice that someone gave me and also to our caller as just a starting point, which is that every time you get a compliment, you accept it. Yes, yes. Right? So yeah. I would naturally – it's very Australian. It's also I was going to say, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, you look yeah. great. Oh, I just got this dress from the op shop. You know, quite, yeah, like yeah. anything to undermine it. Yeah. And I've actively for about five or six years now been going, thank you. Yeah. You know, if I do a gig and someone says, oh, you're a really great MC, I go, oh, thank you so much. Thanks, man. I really appreciate yeah. you telling me, rather than going, oh, I actually missed this bit. Yeah, yeah, And that totally. bit went over time yeah. and da-da. Yeah. And it really does start to change how you see yourself. We're all good at something. Yes, absolutely. There, There's yeah. always something good about us. Yeah. And how we look and what we do and how we are in the world. Yeah. you got to start somewhere. And this, it, like it's both um, simplistic and really complex, yeah, what that woman called in with. Yeah. And... Loving herself is not going to fix men. No. But it will fix her and what she'll accept. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like she has done, 
you know, she said she's been getting therapy. She's obviously been reflecting a lot. She's been talking to trusted friends and so on. She's given it. She hasn't just rebounded. No. You know, yes. I mean, obviously 17 years is a really long time, but it's a really dangerous thing, even if you haven't been in an abusive relationship. Yeah. But especially if you've been in an abusive relationship, to jump quickly mm. um, into the dating game. Yeah. So I think she's done all the right things. Like I yeah. wonder now that she's a bit older, maybe she needs to get to the point where she's going to trust herself. Yes. Because I don't yeah. think, and this in no way means that you chose your abusive partner and it was your fault. That's no. not what we're saying at all. But I reckon you'd pick up red flags quicker. Yes. Yeah. You're older, you're wiser, you've been there. Often, and many of us have experienced this, you didn't even know you were in an abusive relationship. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't talk about yeah. that stuff yeah. then. We thought it was only if you had a broken jaw yes. that you yes. were in an abusive yeah. relationship. Now you know better. Yeah. You're in a much better – there is no guarantee of safety. No, no. Well, uh, Ever. Just, ever. Just walking out the door. Getting Some in the of car. Us have a little bit more safety than others. Correct. And I, a man going on a date yeah. has more safety than a woman. That's yeah. the truth. I remember we did an event together uh, at Fed Square. It was maybe for the slut walk or yes. something something like that. And you got me on. Um, and there was a film crew yeah. uh, there. Um, and they said, we just want to get a Vox Pop off of you yes. afterwards. And I was I like, yeah, this. okay. Um, what, what are you going to ask me? And they go, no, we'll just do it on camera. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And they turn the camera on and they, they said to me, what do you do on a daily basis to protect yourself uh, from sexual assault? Mm. And I went, what? No what way. are you talking about? Thanks. And that was it. That's, That's all it. Because every man... Mm. We're they, confused. They said, would film, would go, huh? Yeah. And then every woman they asked yeah. would list off all these things that yeah. they do. And oh, I distinctly it stuck remember with it. Me, that me too. Really stuck with and me. And Tim Costello was after you. Yes. <laughs> and there was like there was a whole That's range right. of sort of celebrities answering that question and I watched every single answer. And I was asked and I'm like, Well, I put my keys between my fingers yeah, yeah, and yeah. I walk under the yeah. lights and I go this yeah. way and I sit this place on yeah. the train. I was not even as someone who works in that area conscious I was doing those things. But there is this mental load that women are carrying, yes. and particularly when they come Huge. back into dating. Yeah. Where they're like, well, where should I, how can I keep myself safe? And when there is then something does go wrong, they're told, well, you shouldn't have yes, absolutely. dated someone yeah, on totally. an app. Yeah. Like picking up at a pub safer. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like the truth is, the harsh, horrible truth is there's no guarantee of safety. No. But I also think that doesn't mean the risk isn't worth it. In your position, what I'm hearing from her is that she's saying, I want to connect with someone. Yeah. I think there's ways that you can do that while mitigating risk. Yeah. And yes. do that the best way that you can and you never know what you'll find. Absolutely. And join a club. You know, there's so – any kind of club. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Yeah, yeah, Join a, a community of people yeah. who are like-minded. Cricket club. Not, not with the aim of getting in a relationship. Yeah. Just join a club and yeah. be around people Yeah, um, because – this is a huge subject to bring up. Yeah. But these phones are going to fucking kill us. They, they, <laughs> they are dragging us out of our present self mm. and into this world that isn't real and doesn't exist. And that's also where we're meant to find the love of our life mm. without any other kind of human connection happening mm. on this digital thing. It's, it, there's so many levels of the phone that is toxic and, and mm. hurting us. And I think 
again, not not to the aim of getting in a relationship, but join a club, do mm. something social, be with groups of people, and you'll probably the bump more into people someone. you meet. Like I think usually, like I'm quite pro online dating. I I reckon it can be good under the right circumstances, sure, yeah. right? And I had good experiences. It depends where you're at. In her particular case, she's feeling so vulnerable mm. that I reckon you're right. Yeah, right. Stay away from that at least for now. The more people you meet, and also the more friends you tell, don't be shy to tell your friends and colleagues, I'm ready to date. Yes, absolutely. Do you know a nice yeah, guy? Totally. Because you do not know. That's actually how I met Lauren. Yeah, right. I told a friend and she went, oh, actually, I think I do know someone. Right? So you don't know. It doesn't always work out. I've set up people before and it hasn't worked out. But you've got more. You're going to feel safer, I think, if you have a personal connection to the person you go on a date with. Mm. Like if I set you up with someone, you'd feel more comfortable knowing that I know them. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know, you've had two people vet them. Yeah. It's still not a guarantee, but there's a connection. They're not a complete stranger. It's funny. When I met Hannah, I was doing a show about how I didn't want a, a relationship ever again. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> she was the front of house manager <laughs> at the theatre and I was on stage saying, the only women I'm interested in are those that are barren or used to have a dick. Yeah. In fact... <laughs> They could still have a dick. I don't want any more kids. <laughs> and now you've got three kids. There you go. So you don't know yourself either. No. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think normally I would sort of go in when I get this question, it's like you need to make the decision for yourself and obviously you do. But I also hate when podcasters sit on the fence. Yeah. I reckon you should go on a date. I yeah. think – but. Make sure it is in a situation where, like you said, if you join – we had one previous caller who joined a hiking group. Yeah. Right, and then she happened to meet a bloke. She Great. didn't join it for that, yeah. but she happened to meet a bloke. I think you're going to feel safer. Yep, and feel like it can go slower. Absolutely, if you meet that way and you can suss him out. Yep. Yeah, because you're, in, a, you're in an environment. There's more people around you. Yeah, and you, if if you join a club because of something you're interested in, yes, you've you're got probably going to talk meet about. somebody yep. that's interested in that thing. Correct. And you've got at least at the very least you've got something to talk about. Yeah, together. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Let us know how you go. Yes. And I would always say in this situation, and I'm sure you would as well, like we know what it takes to recover from an abusive relationship. It is absolutely momentous mm. and epic and well done. You've looked after yourself. Raised your kids. Correct. Yeah. Bravo to you. What a tribute. And now I really hope it's your time mm. and I hope you find that bloke. All right, are you ready for a listener letter? Yeah. All right, dear Nelly and Harley. Okay. Right. Got a really tough one for you. I've right really on. given you the hard ones, Harley. I'm into it. <laughs> I have terminal cancer. All right. Not you, the no. person writing the letter. <laughs> no. Okay. Not that I know of. I'm 65. My girlfriend is 40. I want her to get ready for a life after me. It breaks my heart, but it's for her. She's divorced. She has two daughters. I suggested she try internet dating. But the jealousy killed me, so she stopped. But I've seen several things. One, she totally lacks confidence. I've found that a lot. She needs to build confidence before dating, otherwise she'll never find the right person. Two, every single possible date looks amazing. They sound perfect. I remember this 15 years ago when I was doing internet dating. Every woman was Elle McPherson or Halle Berry. I met lots of them. They're not what they paint themselves to be. Back to my girlfriend. Although I don't want her to start looking until I'm gone, which is maybe in less than a year, I do want her to know that she can build confidence and that she can go on another chapter, another journey. What should we do? Wow. Lots in there. 
Oof. Uh, I, I commend that guy yeah, for, I do too. for being that open and understanding what his diagnosis is and yep. that's you, you're not going to get around it Yeah, um, and wanting his partner to find love. Um, He's facing reality. Yes. Right? There's a and movie about this, isn't there? A long, no. There is a movie about this, but it also reminds me of the fabulous show you did that the title eludes me now. Taboo. Taboo, right? Mm. This is where you did an episode with people who knew that they were dying. And we just lost one. I know. Um, it was only, so four years ago we filmed it and Nicole Cooper just um, passed away from bowel cancer and yeah. was an incredible person. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I actually have spent a fair bit of time over the last week thinking about her and her husband Tim and their little child because mm. she had a brand new baby. Yeah. When she got that diagnosis. And that kid would be just, just on five, I guess. Life's not fair. No, it's not. No, mm. it's, you know, it's uh, it's a clusterfuck at the best of times. Mm. Um, yeah, so I've been around this subject matter mm. um, and, I, and I wonder how that guy is now and you, because it, it's a long burn, uh, yeah. a, a terminal diagnosis. Yes. It's not a sudden... No. A sudden death scenario. And so I think it's really great they're talking about it. Um, but I think it's sort of, it goes to the last caller. Mm. Uh, it's a similar kind of thing. Mm. And, and because it seems to be around his partner not mm. valuing herself mm. and not loving herself. So I guess it's probably the advice I'm giving to a lot of people about a lot mm. of problems at the moment mm. is you've got to love yourself. Mm. You should be your best friend. Mm. You're the one that has to go to sleep with yourself and mm. wake up with yourself. Mm. Um, and. You can't find a person mm. to treat you well if you're not treating yourself well. Look, I know I don't in any way mean this to be flippant. Um, I mean this sincerely. One of the reasons I love RuPaul and the reason I watch it with my kids is because he says on every episode, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love anybody else? Yeah, right. And yeah. I feel like for young people, I've got a 15-year-old, I want her to hear that over and over yes. again. Yeah. If you're not in the place where you actually really love yourself, don't date. No, absolutely not. Do not date. Yes. You are not ready. Yeah. You are vulnerable. Yeah. And work on yourself. Build yourself up. Build up your friendships, your interests, all those sorts of things. You can be lonely. You won't die from it. Yes. Yeah. Right? You can be lonely and there'll be a point at which you feel better and then yeah. you'll be ready. Yeah. One of the things I love about this is I love anyone who'll face the reality of shit. Yes. And not avoid it. I can't bear denial. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Face the problem. Yeah. He is dying. Yep. Right. He knows she is going to be vulnerable after he's gone. Mm. It reminds me, I don't know if you've ever heard our beautiful mutual friend Maria Bamford talk about this, but when her mum was dying, she set her dad up, like her husband up with a new woman. Great. <laughs> like in their 70s or 80s. <laughs> like part of me goes, fuck, she's still got a job to do. Like seriously, the shit that wives have to do. But what an act of love. Yeah. You yeah, know, to, she went, I know he needs companionship. Mm. You know, and I think this is his vibe. This is our letter writer's vibe. He's like, I want her to have someone after I'm gone, which is a really generous act. The only thing I would say is, and I know he knows this, but it's worth spelling out, it's her decision. Absolutely. Right? She yeah. might not want anybody. Yes. Also, um, I imagine that she quite loves him. Indeed, and she's going to need and some time. And is going time. through grief already. Correct. And then is going to need a period of, yeah. of mourning and grief afterwards, Yeah, um, which doesn't have a timeline. No. Um, so probably her head's not in the game at the moment. Yeah. Because yeah. she's she's in his world and, yeah. she, and she wants to, you know, I, I'm just speculating, but maybe wants to honour him and his mm. life and the end of it. So mm. maybe that other thing will come 
And it goes back to what we've sort of said about loving yourself. That's the only preparation that she needs. Yes. And then let's probably take care of this issue first mm, mm. <laughs> before we start moving on onto other relationships. I think the um, the brutal truth I think that has to be spoken here as well is that you can't improve her self esteem. Only she can. Yes. Right. Mm. So if your assessment and we don't have her side of the story, but no. if your assessment is that she, um, you know, is seeing any shiny thing and going, they're amazing, which is a real thing yeah. in dating, yeah, where totally. you can be like blindsided because you, you know it's all new and fresh, or that she doesn't feel worthy. You actually can't give her that. Yeah. You can tell her repeatedly how amazing she is and that you hope she gets there, but she has to do that work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's yeah. internal work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say to our caller. Inter- like, what do you say to someone who knows they're dying? You know, like all the normal things that we say to someone, oh, good luck and, you know, all of that. <laughs> best like, of best of, like, all I can say is that I just, and it all, it's always going to sound cliched and whatever, but it's incredibly brave to face it like this. Yeah, yeah. Like I really respect it. So do I, absolutely. Because I really don't know how it. I'd be. I, I don't either. I, I, can, I can say what I think yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, I made a joke about it before we started recording. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd just um, lean we into it. We don't know. We don't know. Um, so, you know, I, I think the only difference between him and us, though, is he's been given a, a little bit more of a definite timeline. Yes, that's right. You know? That's it, right. We all just don't know. He's having to face the reality right. of mortality. But to me, it sounds like from what we can go on from the letter, he's actually handling it really well. Yeah, totally. And, you know, hats off. All right, we're going to finish up with two quick um, segments that we do with every co-host. This one is one of my favourites. It's a bit like I'm not racist, but it's like, right, right? no shade on my ex. You mm-hmm. don't have to name the ex, but yep. what is the stupidest thing an ex has done? Um, cheated on me at a party I was at. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh stop. Are you serious? Yeah, I was downstairs and she was upstairs. No. And someone was up her. <laughs> no. No, I don't Did think you it, know at the I time? I don't think it was sex. No, no. How do you know this? Her best friend told me. Jesus Christ. Mm. And I and I was 19 and had... Hardly. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say someone took the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> nah, you know. And um, I had told the friend... Uh, on, I was dropping her home. I'd said, I think I'm going to lose my virginity to it. Um, and she went, oh, oh don't do don't. that. Don't do that. And so then told me, um, oh, which I'm very, Harley. very grateful for. There was, oh it wasn't just God. that one incident, but I, I found that one particularly amazing. But wow, that's full on. God, 19 Same night, I, I tore four ligaments in my right ankle. Jeez, oh, you your I, 20s were great. Yeah, I, was at, I was at this party, right? <laughs> and I was like, I've run out of darts. I'll go down to the servo uh, and get it, right? So I ran down and while I was running, I looked down and my shoelace was untied. And I was like, well, to save time, I'll keep running and tie the shoelace up. <laughs> so I picked up my foot and then my other foot just <gasps> buckled underneath me. Oh. Um, well, yeah, she was buckling underneath someone yes, else. and she was at the party um, wow. making out with a guy and I came back and she was, I remember, she was so angry at me that I'd come back. Oh. I was like, what are you talking I'm really hurt. Like, Do you know what? Classic happen? sign of cheating, Yes, I reckon, yeah. when someone starts getting angry at you for things that you don't understand. Yeah, yeah they're shitty because you've interrupted their foreplay. Totally. 
Correct. And I was I was in a lot of pain. Anyway. Um, what are you doing looking at my phone? I wasn't. I was just looking at the weather. Oh, I might have sent a message. Yeah, yeah, yeah night. Yeah, classic tell. Yeah. Yeah, and last. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> last but not least, you know that TikTok trend, like he's a 10 but She's oh, a 10 yeah, but yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, Jezza yeah. Hickey was on. She's a 10 but she wears top hats. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your dating deal breaker? Again, could be serious, could be completely superficial and we'll just oh. own it. Someone rocks up in tracksuit pants and a bum bag, or leggings. Yeah. They're gone. <laughs> nah, it's all right. <laughs> You're not that fussy. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> I mean, I judge, but I'm not going to, that's not going to make me end it. But if you went on a date with someone, would there be something where you Oh, she's a 10, go, but nah. she's a vegan. I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> off you go. Oh, look, some of my best friends are vegans. But <laughs> <laughs> so why? They're just because you love meat so much? I just think it's an uh, uh, unrealistic... Um, uh, I, I think they're tantamount to um, fundamentalist religions. Right, <laughs> vegans. right. And you it, don't like, like the rules. Totally. I know that there's people that do it. It's purely just a diet thing. They don't yeah. eat meat. Um, I have not met many of those vegans. Yeah. I've met a lot of militant. And yeah. if I was on a first date and it was, oh, I'm a vegan, I'd be like, let's fucking yeah, wrap yeah, this yeah. shit up. I don't know if this is going to work. I own beef cattle. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. yeah. For me, it would actually be, it would depend how it came up. If they, I mean, there's all those jokes about how can you tell if someone's a vegan? Oh, don't worry, they'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. That kind of shit. If you sat down, they went, right, I'm vegan. This is, you know, yeah. a big part of my identity. That would worry me. Yeah. If we were ordering dinner and they went, oh, I'm vegan. Yeah. That's just information. Mm. That would worry me less. It'd be alarm bells for me. Right. <laughs> to be real. Look, it's your deal breaker, yeah, not mine. Yeah. You're out. I actually, I, I hooked up with a girl once and um, we were friends already. She tasted like seaweed. <laughs> I said, she, she goes, I said, do you want to come back to my place? Yeah. Um, and she went, yeah. And I went, I, I have like a, stu- it was a studio apartment at the time. I went, I've just cooked a whole lot of bacon. So yeah. the place smells like bacon. She went, oh, I'm a vegan. And I went, oh, maybe we should just not then. I mean, bacon smells a thing. It is. That's why I was saying. I was yeah. like, you know, I'm very yeah. conscious of my spaces. So look, I, it might be a bit offensive walking in and just smelling bacon. It's not normally like that. So the two highlights for me of this episode are you <laughs> telling your wife, when you die, I'll see a sex worker. That's how I'll cope. And you telling someone on a date. <laughs> it's pretty bacony in there. I cooked up two kilos of the shit. It was on sale. <laughs> God, Harley I mean, what Brain. What a great mate. You're such a delight. Thank you so much for Thank coming. You. Will you come back? Always. Please. Anything you do now. All right. Thomas. Love you so much. Love you, mate. Thank you. Bye. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice. Dear Nelly, yeah, some help would be nice. Dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view Dear Nelly, there's a lot to explore Dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more Dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk it through Yes,
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy. And you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.